I'm Zach Weiss, and you're listening to Across the Cavs on the Basketball Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, inside the latest edition of Across the Cavs. Zach Weiss with you. What a night. What a night. I am so pumped after watching that last game. One one, one point victory over the Celtics. Second win over Boston in short order. They can't take us. They can't stop us. This ain't last year's Cavs team that lost to Atlanta and Brooklyn in the play-in. We're not them anymore. We've grown up. And the game like this, incredible victory. There's really no way to put it. I mean, on a night where the bench was pretty bad scoring-wise, Jetty did nothing. Kevin was pretty quiet. Dean had a couple of nice buckets, but not much. It was the tenacious twosome of Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell. Garland had only played 13 minutes all season coming into the night, which stinks. But he comes back, 29 points, five boards, 12 assists. He was plus 10. Played a very solid game. He stepped up. He did what he had to do. Don only shot 11 of 27, but had some of the biggest baskets of the contest. 25 points, four boards, six assists, blocked a couple shots as well. And now that the Cavs beat the Celtics again, and we're going to look at the Celtics side of the box score and the last game. And just for reference here, the Ben shot five for 22. Still couldn't stop us. That's six wins in a row. Six. These guys ain't messing around. I mean, the last time, call me if I'm wrong here. And we might have had one last season I'm forgetting about. The last six-game winning streak from the Cavs without LeBron was that 13-14 team that finished 33-49. and 49. Showed a little more promise than that. Mike Brown came back and coached us that season. I remember that year we had a six-game winning streak because it followed a six-game losing streak. But for the Celtics, Tatum had 30. Or Tatum had 26, 26, 12, and 6, with four blocks, including blocking Mitchell at the end of regulation to force overtime. Smart had 16 points, 17 flops. Jalen Brown had 30 points on the day. Celtics got 11 from Grant Williams and 15 from Malcolm Brogdon, who should probably be getting more minutes, but that's here nor there. Boston opted to go small. Al Horford had a double-double, 12-12. and He played 39 minutes. He was on the bench for 14 minutes for the game. Cornette played two and a half of them. The rest of them went to Grant Williams at the center. Did not see Noah Vonley. Did not see Blake Griffin. Did not see our old buddy Fiondu Cabangeli, who did make the Celtics, I believe, on a two-way contract. But I am in just so excited that the Cavs have gotten six in a row. And I will say, sorry that we haven't had any pods before this on the season because it's been really busy. A lot of other personal things happening but nonetheless we have to talk about donovan mitchell he's insane i'm watching the knicks on sunday 
38 points, 12 assists. He had eight threes watching him, Dean Wade, Kevin Love, just light it up. <clears throat> Excuse me. It was electric. Obviously, that throat clears just because of how good the Cavs are and have been. I mean, they're the team right now. Six wins in a row. Now we take a look at who have they beaten on this streak. You know, are we legit? Do we stack up? Three-point loss to the Raptors in the game where Garland had his eye poked out and the refs pretty much stood for anything and everything that should not have been That was a game one loss. Come back, we beat the Bulls by 32. 32-point win. That gets it going. And an overtime battle with the Wizards. Cavs rallying, getting it done, winning by 10. They did blow lead in the fourth. Mitchell had 37 big ones there. Jetty had poured in 16. Able to take care of business. Orlando wasn't pretty, not by any stretch. But they got it done. They won by 11 in the game where Cole Anthony got hurt at the end. Hope he ends up being okay. Don shot five for 19. Was his first, but Jared Allen had 18 and 16. The team didn't do anything particularly well, but they did come away with the win and they won the turnover battle by four. Then we flash ahead to Friday, that nine point win over Boston, where Karis LeVert, who's only averaging 14 points a game coming into the night, which means he had scored 84 points. He had 41 of his 84, and that was one game. Comes out of nowhere with 41 points and seven assists. Mitchell, 41 points. I mean, the two of them were just unbelievable. I don't really know how else to say it. That Watching Donovan Mitchell has been such a joy. He came in averaging 32 and seven assists. He hasn't really had a, a, a game where they give him the ball and you're not confident he's going to dominate or do something great. This this is a guy who got traded for three picks and three key players. And we talk about these key players. Lowry Markkinen is averaging, what, 26 points a game for the Jazz? Who are one of the surprise teams of the league? Uh, unfortunately, O'Shea Abaji barely seeing the court. He'll, he'll get his time. He's gotten some backup minutes of late. Nothing noticeable. Colin has had a high plus minus in a number of games for Utah, but it's very clear that both teams got what they wanted. Both teams have players that have value on the court that can make a difference on the floor on their new team. And the Jazz also have a brand new roster. Vanderbilt, Olenek, these guys, Walker Kessler, Keel Alexander Walker's on the bench, Taylor Horton Tucker, it's an odd lineup in Utah with Jordan Clarkson starting now for the first time since his very early Lakers years, but it works. Good for them. You know, real, real good for them. There's a lot of former Cavs around the league that are thriving. Isaiah Hartenstein, while we're on this note, playing real well for the Knicks. He shoots threes now, by the way. He makes them. He's playing a lot. Tom, If Tom Thibodeau likes you, you're going to play too many minutes probably. It doesn't matter how good you are. If you deserve them, you're going to play too many. That's the case with Isaiah, backing up Mitchell Robinson, but he's shining, and it's really good to see. This wouldn't be across the cast hosted by Zach Weiss if you didn't hear about Matthew Delavadova, who put in another 
strong showing today. It's the second game in a row with De'Aaron Fox unavailable. Delhi, five points, two rebounds, a steal, and assist. He was plus one. He was plus nine in his first 15 minutes. He was in at the end of the game. His team, unfortunately, lost a close one. Keegan Murray was not in at the end. They went with Malik Monk, who had been scoring, and just out seven assists. But Delhi did get those crunch time minutes. He made another three. The Delhi we knew is gone. He's made threes in back-to-back games with rotational minutes now for Sacramento which is very cool. He did his thing. Plenty of Cavs around Utah, by the way, in a battle with Dallas. Looks like they might come up just short. Market only has 12 and 6. He's only shot the ball nine times. Colin Sexton is up to 29 minutes, and that tells me, guys, that he's healthy. He has 17 points, two boards, three assists, two steals, six of 15. It's good to see him getting more reps and opportunities as he gets healthier, show signs of being more surprised. Utah just scored again. It was Colin, of course. I'm not going to sit here and do a live play-by-play as we record a podcast about the Cavs, but Colin Sexton is very much you know, a point of interest, a guy we love. And also, I got to finish this. We do love Colin. There's no doubt he's that guy. He'll, he'll be that guy for a long time to a lot of us. And so you think about his game against Brooklyn, some of his other electric performances, we all wish him well. If you don't wish Colin Sexton well, then get out. Some people on Twitter take it a little too seriously and are saying it was a bad trade to get Donovan Mitchell. Y'all can be quiet. But Moses Brown, in just 12 minutes for the Clippers, 13.7 rebounds plus six in a close win over Houston. They're trying to stop Shangun on 26 and 13 before fouling out. They couldn't. So Moses Brown got some runs. So many former Cavs getting out there today. And you love to see it. You absolutely love to see it. Andre Drummond, by the way, injured right now while we're on the note of guys that were once Cleveland Cavaliers. But bringing it back, you know, this is a team that's now six and one when was the last time we were six and one i heard 2017 is the best start since then but in essence you know this is the best Cavs team in a while we don't have lebron who cares who cares we don't need him When, when is the last time truly at this point in the season without lebron james the Cavs were this good a lot of us weren't born yet. Now I know a lot of a lot of you guys are older than me. So you've been through the 90s. I didn't have the 90s. Growing up in New Jersey, I got into the Cavs a little later, as most of you know. I got into the Cavs at age six. Age seven is when I became a Cavs fan. I was raised to be a Nets fan. I ended up switching to the Cavs. And yes, it's you know how, how it goes. But so I missed. I was only three, by the way, keep in mind, but I missed the the Henderson, the Cedric Henderson era with Brevin Knight and Zdrunas Ilgauskas and Derek Anderson, Bobby Sura, all the young guys. I missed it. That wasn't my era. I missed the Ricky Davis triple-double rebound to himself. I missed a lot. I missed the Sean Kemp years. I came in with LeBron and C. Booze and don't even want to talk about him. But that that was the beginning. And then Jeff McGinnis. 
happy to have had him on. You know, Sasha Pavlovich, one of my favorite first early calves. Larry Hughes, Drew Gooden. You know, there have been a lot of memorable years, but they're all with LeBron James. We've had memorable games. Deion Waiters, game winner back in, I think it was 2013 against the Pistons. The legend of Lester Hudson and his 10-day contracts absolutely popping off and all the clutch shots. Jeremy Pargo before Lester Hudson. This was pretty much the Cavs saying, we don't know who to replace injured Kyrie Irving with. And they just kept throwing different guards in there and different players to get opportunities. But this is, for me, without LeBron, this is the best I've seen. And I remember being 3-0 a couple of years ago, but who did we beat? We've beaten the Celtics twice. They're not missing anybody. Yes, they're missing Robert Williams, but they've been without him the whole season. They're, they're, they went through training camp understanding it would be without him. And we just took them twice. They have every key piece essentially back, except for Rob from that finals run that they just made. Taking them twice in a week. Once on the road and now once at home. How about doing it on national TV? It's very easy for these guys to get on national TV and say, yeah. And they might not be their best selves, but that's has not been the case. On ESPN, the Cavs just won a game with Jeff Van Gundy and Dave Pash commentating. I, I mean, it's fun hearing all the riffing between them. But we even somehow got an Ante Zizic mention on the broadcast. I, I don't know how. I don't know that I like it, but it happens. So that's something, right? But an incredible win tonight. And I'm just so proud of the Cavs. We're 6-1. and one. I'm going to say it again and again. I might say it 601 times. These guys can play, man. I, I'm. It's It's something else. I mean, you look at the game against Toronto. We were up six at the half. We just had a bad fourth quarter. But losing Garland and staying in it, Jetty stepped up with 17. You know, good bench minutes from Dean Wade and Isaac Okoro did absolutely nothing. He had a good game against the Knicks, but Kevin Love has been very hit or miss this year. He's not as effective. His performance against the Knicks, kind of an outlier on his season so far. I mean, Evan Mobley, second year, we look at his numbers. His scoring is up. His rebounding is down. Assists are down. Steals are up. Blocks are down. Minutes are up. Field goal percentage is up. Field goal attempts are down. Threes are identical. Free throw percentage up up from 67 to 81. Offensive rebounds are down. Defense rebounds down as well. Wins is what matters. These are, aren't crazy changes. Uh, Mobley isn't going to take the same leap because there's fewer touches with Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland both here and before it's been Lavert and Mitchell. But you think about it, and Mobley has a lot that he can show. And just, just for an update to let you all know, Utah did lose. Collins scored twice in those last couple minutes. He finished with 19 tonight. He came in averaging 12 and a half. The 19 points for Sexton the second time in three games for him. And his he's had 20 points once. That happened in the season opener. 
This was the Jazz. Third loss of the season. They dropped to six and three. The Spurs also lost. So both the Jazz and the Spurs, who came in the night with just two losses, taking L's. Do you have any former Cavs in the Memphis-Portland game? Taking a quick peek. We do not. Nice no one that's played. Danny Green is not going to see the court this season. He's out for Memphis again. Yeah, nobody there. New Orleans versus the Lakers. How is Mr. James? 2.2 rebounds and an early assist. Russell Westbrook is coming off the bench yet again. I, I see how that ends up going, honestly. Who, who knows how it's going to shape up. Shout-out to the New Orleans Pelicans just because. Hoping to get there, by the way, guys. I, You know, I've never been to a home Cavs game. And I've talked about that a lot, being a Cavs fan, not from Ohio, having never even been to the state. I'm, as of now, going to buy the tickets this weekend. I know weather can be crazy in the winter, but aiming to get there for MLK Day, Cavs-Pelicans matinee, which would be an incredible day, incredible experience after being a fan since 2003, just never being able to get over there to Ohio. Two years ago, it was supposed to go. Nets, Cavs, courtside. Family, friend, awesome opportunity. And then COVID started and hit and had to cancel that trip. Never had a chance last year and should have enough time on the schedule to make it happen this year. So tentatively penciling it in for then, we're going to see, of course. But would be absolutely incredible to get to the get to the Rock, especially with how good the Cavs look this season. I mean... This is awesome, especially, you know, think about it from our announcers. Tim Alcorn had a lot of fun last season. We've had him on each of the last few years. Same with Shawn Michael, but for Tim Alcorn, who didn't become an NBA announcer until age 56, this is hopefully going to be the first time he gets to do playoff games, playing is not quite the same. It has the playoff vibe, but the games have asterisks next to them in the scheme of things. The stats don't go anywhere. They don't carry into anything, which should definitely be fixed. Hopefully they can figure, the NBA can figure out what to do with that. But nonetheless, he deserves it. Tim Alcorn does such a nice job on radio with Jim Jones. And to think that he'll finally get playoff games is just such a cool thought. You know, for our announcers, are some of the best in the game. And... We're always going to be biased, especially knowing them personally. But John and Tim are tremendous at what they do. They make things fun. They make things exciting. And for AC, who is doing less games this year, he was back tonight with Brad Darty and John Michael. I caught the game on ESPN, so I actually didn't hear them. But really cool that AC was back. And it'll be really good to get him one more playoff run. The way it works in the NBA, if you all don't know, Every team except for the Raptors, of course it has to be the Raptors because they're in Canada, different channel, different rules apply. The TV announcers only get to do through the end of the first round. Then it's all national TV, no more local. That's just the deals that are signed, how it goes. And so for him to get a couple more playoff games, who knows how many years AC is still going to be working the mics. I mean, it's it was obviously hard for him when Fred passed, but he's done such a nice job with John Michael. You know, I know John Michael's a little less out there than Fred was. That's just his style. And each commentator their own. 
but I cannot wait for to see how this season unfolds. We're playing such good basketball. I mean, Karis LeVert, I guess we'll keep him. We may as well keep him. Could still look to move him at the deadline, but thinking about how this team stacks up is very important. Dean Wade is very good in either starter or bench role. Now he had some really nice drives tonight. But I think we need him as an extra playmaker. His scoring is super inconsistent. I mean, to go from 41 points to one in back-to-back games, certainly something. But the fact remains that the team won both games. I mean, he was playing defense. He was rebounding. He was making plays as a passer. You know, shows you that if you're not scoring, you can still make other things happen and still be a contributing winner on the court. So just thinking about the Cavs, you know, I'm I'm pumped. The core has barely done anything. Omar Stevens hasn't seen the court. Rubio hasn't played, overcame a Garland injury. Wendler hasn't seen the floor. But here we are. Six and one. Living the high life, man. It's electric. You know, the Cavs are electric and just watching Sunday. I couldn't miss 22 threes between three guys. No trio's ever done that. Donovan Mitchell, Dean Wade, Kevin Love. The most unlikely trio. Donovan Mitchell, well, his first year with the Cavs. Didn't expect to be this good. Kevin Love, two years ago, and he talked about it on ESPN's broadcast tonight. Kevin Love had that outburst against the Tampa Bay Raptors. We just kind of. Gave up on that possession. Didn't make Team USA and a whole whole lot going on. Then he comes back and starts burying threes in a bench roll. The role he really hasn't had since the first year of his NBA career. It didn't even last too long before he was a starter, being a top six pick. And Dean Wade, undrafted, barely played his first year. Remember his second year when he began starting because so many guys were out. They wanted little extra energy. So Dean Wade would play the four. We won his first three starts before TJ McConnell came and stole the ball 11 times and it led to a Cavs loss. I mean, to last year, everyone had COVID at the beginning of the season. He was playing 35 minutes, guarding the best guys and making it happen. Gets his extension this summer, keeps putting in the work as a shooter and just kept making it rain. It's truly incredible what he's capable of and what he's done. This team, man, I tell you, this team, that trio, just wait for Ricky to come back. It's going to be weird seeing him wear 13 after seeing Tristan with that jersey for so long, but it is going to continue to be fun in the land. So that'll do it for this edition of Across the Cavs. Hope you all enjoyed what you heard, and if you did, Drop a rating on Apple or Spotify. Share with your friends. And await the next. Next Thursday, we'll have Patrick Epino of the Oakland Warriors podcast. We'll be doing a collab ahead of the Cavs-Warriors Friday night battle at 10 p.m. Eastern. Get ready, guys, because next week, we got three games starting at 10 p.m. Eastern or later. So we have some late-night Cavs Twitter fun. So I'm Zach Weiss. Saying so long, good night, and let them know.